end, I earned the most money trading sentiment, really investigating what new, new trends were, what new coins were coming up. This is The Upper Hand, a podcast series by IMC. I'm Tim Polashek, and in this podcast, I invite masters of different games to see what steps you need to take to master your favorite game. From poker to Valorant and crypto to ultra running, you will find out how you can use theory and practice to become the best. Welcome to the Coin Bureau Weekly News Roundup. Here are the top stories in crypto this week. Crypto market recovery. Coins and tokens bounce back from last week's lows with lots of volatile. In this episode, we're going to talk about crypto. A cryptocurrency is a digital currency that's decentralized and can be used as a medium of exchange in digital environments. Back in 2009, one of the most famous cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, was launched, and since then, it's become more and more popular. The crypto market has seen enormous growth, and this has made smart investors billions of dollars. To get a better understanding of how you can use the crypto market to make some money, I talked to Thomas Manuel. Thomas started trading crypto back in 2017 in his spare time and has used the volatile market to earn some money. He's now working at IMC, where he uses his knowledge on crypto in his job. Thomas is going to fill me in on his winning crypto strategy. I meet Thomas at the IMC office. Hi, Thomas. Hi, nice to meet you. Great to meet you too. Um, a lot of people these days will know what crypto is, but you got into it pretty early on. Can you remember when you first heard about crypto? Uh, yeah, for sure. I think the first time I heard about crypto was in uh, 2015. Uh, I watched the movie Dope. There was like a short scene, like 30 seconds long. Uh, the main character talked to his mother uh, uh, about a new digital currency called mm -hmm. Bitcoin and uh, how it would change the world. I remember that scene very vividly, but I never did anything with it. It just kept in my mind and, and I was still young, so uh, I enjoyed the movie more than uh, than really wanted to dive deep into yeah. To Bitcoin. Uh, yeah. And so you got into it through learning about it through the film and then you started trading it, right? When did, when did that change happen? Uh, so that happened in the summer of uh, 2017. Okay. Uh, I was in the kitchen with my father at my parents' home. And uh, he started talking about uh, Bitcoin all of a sudden. And then it, it clicked like, oh, I remember Bitcoin from, uh, from that movie, from that scene. Uh, he was quite excited about it. Uh, my father's always been into investing and I always saw him as like uh, as my role model. So I thought, you know, I need to start learning about, uh, about Bitcoin. And, uh, and that's how it kind of all started. Um, before you knew it, I knew more about Bitcoin than, uh, than my father, more about the technology. And on one day, we just decided to uh, uh, to buy some bitcoins together. Yeah. Ah, brilliant. So it started in the family, and then you built up your your knowledge on the topic. How did you find out about what was going on in the market? Yeah. So so finding information uh, was quite hard. What really set like a really good foundation for me was um, reading uh, the book Blockchain Revolution by. I think Don, Don Tapscott. Uh, in that book, they explain a lot about uh, blockchain technology and uh, the technology behind Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Um, but mainly they also talk about like the ethos of, of blockchain, uh, its potential. Um, the most interesting thing, in my opinion, is about this book 
is that they talk a lot about uh, DeFi, decentralized finance. Before this was a thing. Yeah. Um, so now, in hindsight, if you read that book, you're like, oh, wow, this happened in 2020. In 2020, we saw the first yeah, of these, these, these kind of projects, what they speculated about, uh, they started to, to be developed. So, yeah, it's a really interesting book. And I recommend everyone uh, to at least uh, read that book as, as a foundation of, uh, uh, yeah, to understand crypto. Yeah, so they were already sort of preempting what the market was going to look like. So you, you said 2017. Yeah, exactly. What did it look like back then? What did you do? What was the first thing you did? Uh, well, 2017 was a wild west. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did not really have exchanges like we have nowadays. They were less sophisticated. Uh, there was a lot of price deviation. Uh, I remember that when buying bitcoins with my father, uh, we had a we had a website which scraped all of the the bitcoin prices across Europe, uh, and we just looked for the uh, for the cheapest. Yeah. So is that how it? grew then for you? Was it that understanding of where those niches were in the market that you could use? Well, I thought I could become a day trader. I think every every kid at that age who starts investing thinks he can become a day trader. Yeah. Uh, especially now with all social media, you think everyone can become rich uh, day trading. So of course, I thought my, by myself, I can do that as well. I was able to to make some nice returns but also lose it twice as hard. Nonetheless, that did give me, because I was doing that, it did give me a lot of insights in the market. But in the end, I earned the most money uh, trading trading sentiment, really investigating uh, what new, new trends were, what new coins were coming up. I used the book to see, okay, what, what kind of technology has, or what kind of project has potential, is really trying to solve a real-world problem. Uh, if that clicked for me, uh, I, I went over to, um, to investigating, okay, what's happening on social media. So uh, I aggregated all the data I got from Twitter, from, from Reddit, on, on projects which I believed in, mm-hmm. and then uh, uh, traded based on, on how often people were, were tweeting about it, especially what they were saying. Yeah, okay, so you're keeping an eye on uh, not only sort of macro trends and what's going on, themes, but also like really granular conversations and what the sentiment is around any specific coin. How do you know what to buy? Really dive into uh, dive into what, which people are behind it. What kind of vision do they have? Uh, what kind of companies are, uh, are behind this? And for most tokens and coins, you see companies investing in these ecosystems, building, putting manpower, uh, 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 a lot of, lot of uh, um, you can see a lot of progress on, on GitHub, for example. How are they progressing? How are they reaching their goals? Uh, if, if tokens, coins or projects, whatever you call it, if they're doing that, um, it's, it's way easier to, to invest. Yeah, so really getting your research done well is important, you would say. Yeah, you don't have any historical data to, to base your choice on, so mm-hmm. you need to do it on other things. So I felt like it's a bit of the like investing in startups, uh, but then projects, uh, tokens, coins. Yeah, so trying to get that extra bit of information, that extra bit of knowledge that others don't have. Yeah. For those who are, you know, dabbling maybe a little bit or want to get into it more, what would you what would you recommend as good ways of doing that kind of research? Uh, well, you have a lot of good platforms. Uh, so now within, with DeFi uh, exploding in, in 2020, um, we saw, saw a lot of uh, on-chain data becoming available for 
everyone uh, for free. So we have platforms like uh, DeFi Llama, uh, Glassnode, uh, even Mazari Crypto, even the free version. They provide a lot of insights into into cryptos, into the the on-chain flows, what's happening. Um, yeah, and based on that, you can make relatively good investment uh, decisions. So we're probably a little further from the Wild West that you were talking about in 2017, but how far have we come now in the crypto markets? If you compare it to 2017, we're way more sophisticated. Uh, large uh, institutions have entered the markets. Uh, we see a lot of derivatives on-chain and off-chain. But on the other hand, uh, I work here at IMC and I, I do crypto, but I also do the traditional markets. It's so much larger in size. Mm -hmm. Crypto is still just a dot in the ecosystem. So uh, yes, crypto has gone a huge way, um, but it's still still tiny, in yeah. my opinion, yeah. And do you think it's still possible to make money sitting behind a computer at home? Uh, you can still make money. I would not recommend uh, day trading. Sure, there are people who earn money with it, uh, but 99% of people won't. Even though it's, it's a shame that it's not possible anymore, but it also shows that the market has really grown. Um, and if you have, of course, if you have that knowledge, if you have that talent, um, try to join a firm like IMC, I would say, uh, because we do have all the, all the knowledge, all the capital to, to really capitalize on, on those, uh, those talents. Yeah. Yeah. So the market's definitely evolved. For sure. Yeah. For your personal investment strategies with regards to crypto, you're saying day trading may not be... Uh, the way to go these days, but what, how are you approaching it nowadays? I have multiple ways. So I always uh, divide my portfolio in two ways. I have like a long-term portfolio and some fun I have on the side. Uh, for my long-term portfolio, I, I believe in crypto. Uh, that means that I invest in, uh, in like a basket of coins. Uh, for example, Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum, uh, XRP. I, I try to, uh, without any opinion on the coins, I try to uh, create a basket that represents like 95% of the market. Um, so like an index. Yeah, like, like an index, exactly. And then on the side, what I really enjoy is uh, uh, like how it was a bit before in, in 2017, like it, it's its own ecosystem and trying to trade that ecosystem I do by, uh, for example, Bitcoin uh, going up and certain altcoins uh, lagging behind. I always like to then go long the lagging altcoin and short Bitcoin, meaning that I'm not really exposed to any macroeconomic uh, uh, developments, but I am convinced that, oh, this coin didn't move with Bitcoin, but it should have. So that's for me an easy trade. Okay, so it sounds like you're really bringing a level of sophistication to uh, crypto markets. I'm, I'm happy that uh, myself, I, I also became a bit more sophisticated than, uh, than I was before, yeah. Do you still dabble in any high risk, high reward strategies? Uh, well, I, I have, I, I did, a, did really do that, yes, uh, last year. Um, but of course, you make huge returns, but you can also make huge losses. And uh, I think I'm, I'm becoming, uh, slowly becoming a bit more older. Uh, and I, I, like, I like steady returns. So, so like I have a house now, uh, I have bills to pay, so I'm, I'm, I'm focused a bit more on, on, on the safe side than investing in those, uh, those extremely high-risk uh, opportunities, yeah. Yeah, that definitely sounds like getting older a bit, doesn't it? 
How do you, in those moments of like high risk, high reward, how do you deal with the sort of mental uh, capacity to be able to you know, take money out, for example, when things are going up at the right time? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people can earn a lot of money in crypto, um, but they will never uh, uh, reap the benefits of it because they keep on holding. And this is a mistake I made myself as well. I've experienced two Bitcoin bull cycles, you, you, could, uh, uh, you could say. Um, and there all, they're always signs. And those signs, in, in, in hindsight, are very clear. But those signs, in my opinion, are always rather similar. So if you experience it once, uh, you should not make the mistakes again. Uh, and those, those signs in general uh, within crypto, in my opinion, are very clear to see. As soon as uh, a certain coin goes up in value or the whole market goes up and people start about, yes, we're going another 100x uh, Bitcoin to a million. If people start shouting that on Twitter, that's when you need to start selling. That's when you need to get out. And for myself, I found some personal signs, which initially uh, the first time I did not act to it. The second time it happened, I did react. And for me, it was very clear. Like uh, I always track all, all the coins I have, the values. I see the daily gains I make. And as soon as I start making screenshots of these daily gains and sending them over to my other crypto buddy, uh, that for me is a sign, oh, I need to uh, watch out, need to start selling because apparently these gains are special for me. And, and they're like, they're, uh, they're so extreme. I want to share that with my crypto buddy. But it also means that uh, these are probably unnatural gains to make, so I should uh, uh, well should watch out and, and and try to reduce my my exposure to the market. Yeah, yeah so it could be coming uh, a bit unsustainable at those points. Yeah, definitely. And and of course, uh, I think one other thing is about prices, uh, crypto prices. Is as soon as you see something going parabolic, just get out. Uh, especially on a daily time frame, uh, if a coin goes parabolic, that's that's unnatural. Uh, um, you're always safer to, to, to step out. There will always be a retrace because um, price is going up like nearly straight, going straight up, that's, that's unnatural. So for people who are just getting into it uh, and maybe know things like Coinbase and Revolut, how, in your experience, would you start in the crypto markets? I think one of the most important things to remember is that it's still a very risky market. It's a very new market. And the problem is with new markets, new technologies, is regulation always falls behind. Um, meaning that if you have money in the bank and the bank goes under, in the Netherlands, you're protected until uh, 100,000 euros. Um, within crypto, this is not the case. And people should not think as the biggest uh, exchange like a, like a Binance to be as, an, as a bank um, with same same rules and regulations that's not the case so don't 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 see them as like a safe haven uh, and unfortunately we, we've seen this uh, recently with the with the uh, with the fall of, of FTX uh, I think everyone in, in crypto had money on FTX I had money on FTX um, but the difference is that uh, uh, you you can protect yourself so I would always say people getting into crypto you spread out uh, all your cryptos if you really enjoy crypto, enjoy learning about blockchain technology, and you want to actively uh, use the technology, yeah, then you have, uh, of course, a lot of, of wallets 
which you can use uh, because that's how the technology works. Uh, you have a public account with a private key and that that public account uh, is like your bank account and that private key is your code and you can send transactions uh, or interact with the uh, uh, with the with the blockchain with it. Um, so people who, who are really also interested in technology, I would recommend uh, buy a ledger. If you're using a ledger uh, uh, to encrypt your private key. When you have a ledger, you have a 24 uh, uh, like uh, word, safe word. Um, keep that safe. Don't put it on your laptop and get hacked and lose all your, your cryptos. Uh, really think about, okay, what do I need to do? What, okay, for example, uh, what, I, what I know a lot of people do is uh, they store their their 24 word secret uh, in a um, uh, in in a metal tube um, uh, in metal letters, and they store it safely somewhere at a uh, um, uh, at, at a safe. Um, like for example, in the Netherlands, we have the Dutch uh, the Dutch safe, if you translate it, called the Nederlandse kluis. You have it in a lot of cities, and there you can safely store your uh, yeah your keys. And then you just have your ledger to interact with the blockchain. Uh, if your ledger breaks or your house burns down or whatever, no fears because you still have your, uh, your, your 24 words uh, safe. Before Thomas and I are going to dive deeper into one specific crypto coin, let's first take a look at some theory. Theory can help you gain a better understanding of the crypto market and that knowledge can eventually turn into a profit. To get a grasp on how you can profit from crypto trade, we will look at the greater fool theory. This theory has been associated with the crypto market over the last few years. It's easy to understand this theory with the following example. When you encounter a bear in the forest, you don't have to run faster than the bear to get away. You just have to run faster than the guy next to you. In other words, it doesn't matter at what price you buy your crypto or if it's worthless to begin with, as long as you find a fool who will buy it for even more than you. This theory is also well known in art and real estate. Art pieces are regularly sold for millions of dollars and that's why there's money to be made for art dealers. The trick to art dealing is not only finding good art, but finding the fools that you can convince that something is good art and sell it to them for astronomically high prices. Experts say that this mechanism also applies to crypto. You can, for example, see this theory in the early years of Bitcoin. Traders were attracted to Bitcoin not for its usage, but because of the opportunity to sell it for even more money to other buyers. This kept on driving the price to a higher and higher level. Then you can take advantage of the greater fool theory, but be careful that there are enough fools left. Now that we have a better understanding of how the crypto market works, let's go into more depth on one of its most exciting coins, Ethereum. Thomas can tell me everything there is to know about this coin. So what cryptocurrency at the moment do you see the most potential in? Uh, personally, I think Ethereum has the, the most potential for now. Can you tell us a little bit about how Ethereum works then? Um, I always uh, compare Ethereum to your, your MacBook. On a MacBook, instead of just counting money as a cashier system, uh, I can make any type of code, any type of application I want. Like in an app store, I, 
I can do with my MacBook uh, uh, nearly everything I want. What happens now is as soon as I make an application and I uh, publish this uh, to the blockchain, everyone else who also has access to to a, to a MacBook or has a MacBook uh, will be able to run this code as well and interact with your code. Doesn't matter where you are, uh, who you are, uh, as long as you have an internet connection uh, and you have a wallet and access to your private key. Um, yeah, you you can access these uh, uh, these 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 contracts uh, which are on uh, on the Ethereum blockchain. Yeah, so Ethereum is really like a platform on which everybody can build. Yeah, I, I would see Ethereum as like a supercomputer, um, which has no one owner, uh, and everyone can contribute to it. And that's what I think is so so extremely interesting about it, and why I see the most potential in it because. It's something we have never experienced yet in uh, in, in in this world. Yes, yeah, so a real decentralization. Yes, uh, and so it, what's coming up with Ethereum? Why has it uh, got lots of potential now? What's uh, what's happening over the next uh, year that you're really interested in? Yes. Yeah, so what recently happened is uh, Ethereum moved from Ethereum proof of work to Ethereum proof of stake, where they lost a bit of this, that completely 100% trustless, but they gained efficiency uh, uh, back from it. Uh, what I really like about Ethereum is when Ethereum went over to proof of stake, uh, it created an, another incentive to, uh, well, to, to stake your, your Ethereum. As soon as you have like a, a, a product which is being used by people or like an app being used by people on Ethereum, you benefit from uh, ensuring that the that the network is safe, so you start staking your coins, and uh, there will be always be, I think, some kind of uh, equilibrium in which you say, well, I want to at least stake this amount of of tokens uh, compared to like the value I, I see in in the uh, in the app I have, but others will do the same, creating a one big uh, uh, yes network that 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 keeps keeps on going uh, uh, without people needing to work together. Right, Thomas, we've got a graph up here of the Ethereum price against the Bitcoin price back in 2022. Talk us through a little bit one of the trades that you made based on the interaction between those two coins. Yeah, so 2022 was a very interesting year, of course. Uh, Ethereum merged uh, uh, from proof of work to a proof of stake. Uh, at, the, at that time, you had some upgrades uh, beforehand and um, I really enjoyed trading Ethereum against Bitcoin around these these upgrades. So I really looked at what was happening on Twitter, what was happening on on, on Discord, uh, what was happening on chain, how how well were the technology, were like the initial tests tests going through, um, and I based this all on on okay, well uh, all is going well, uh, but I don't see uh, Ethereum rising in price against Bitcoin. Um, I would expect it to go up soon, so I start trading Ethereum against Bitcoin. Because when people start talking about certain upgrades, well, in the past, certain upgrades, uh, they always had an opinion about whether it would go through or not. Um, and you could kind of price this uh, in a certain way. And I kind of use this to, to yeah, think, okay, uh, Ethereum is at the moment undervalued against Bitcoin, or people are overestimating uh, uh, What's what's coming or underestimating, uh, and use that in my in my trading strategy. Yeah. Nice. And so, were you right? Did it work, or did you have to learn from something here? Uh, no. So I think 2022 was for me 
uh, in this as this aspect a profitable uh, profitable year. Yes. Nice. Well done. I'm already much more knowledgeable about Ethereum than I was before. Thanks very much, Thomas. You're welcome. In order to make money with crypto trade, it's important to have a deep understanding of what crypto is and how the market works. Keep an eye out for shifts in the financial world and make sure that you do your due diligence on the coins that you buy. The market keeps developing and growing, so you can use that to make yourself some real money. In the next episode of The Upper Hand, we meet Murad Abdullah, a software engineer at IMC and Scottish national champion at chess. We delve deeper into his love for the game.